Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I am here on a text-driven Tuesday with George Mays. George, you're sitting over there. It looks like you're trying to hold a smile in. <laughs> what's what's that about, George? Oh, I've just, just been holding on to something for you, Jay. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we didn't have we didn't have uh, we didn't have free for all Friday last week because uh, you were out of town, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've had to hold on to something for a little longer than I thought I would. <laughs> you don't want to hold on to it a little bit longer. I don't. I you really can't do it. I you really don't. Do I really don't. Uh-huh. All right, because I don't know what else is going to happen this week. I, you know, you never know. I've got other stuff to talk about on Friday. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. We're doing uh, the U, Unconditional Election Friday, so you're going to come back for that, because there are all kinds of wacky clips out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had, well, people, had people asking about it. Yeah. Had people asking, yeah. where were we? Yeah, we're, yeah, what happened? I told them I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was my fault. Yep. Well, what do you have for me today, George? What do you got? Well, I, I came across this clip the beginning of last week. And my initial re- my re- initial reaction was I got to send this to Jay, and then my my more reasoned side kicked in and said No, no, you got to wait. You got to <laughs> you got to hold on to this. <laughs> All right. I don't know what this is, Jay. <laughs> I really don't know what this is. <laughs> I watched this and I thought, What is happening here? <laughs> Where'd you find this? Uh, just it just randomly popped up on Facebook. I was on one of my my many random pages I follow. There they just posted this video, and I I thought, man, we're doing something wrong at our church. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing something wrong on Sunday mornings, Jay. Did somebody market already metaphorical dream babies and hand them out at church? There's not. A, n- <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not like that. But it's something. <laughs> anyway, I can't. Re- I can't even really set this up except to say, watch this. The next. The next time I preach, if <laughs> the church doesn't do this for me, I'm walking. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> what? This is. That's wild, dude. Precious Daddy Who? Oh, yes. God's man, servant, precious, precious. Wow. If you're, I can't even describe it. So if you're just listening on the podcast, you're going to want to go and watch the video on YouTube. Just trust me. Hey, those guys are in, uh, in like, uniforms. Yeah. Precious Daddy. That's his chariot, man. Hey, this has got to be in New Orleans somewhere. Listen to the music. Yeah, it sounds like New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure, New Orleans. We gotta find this person's name. Yeah. And we gotta. I gotta find out about him now. Now I'm curious. I'm just curious now. Hey, back him up. Back it up. Back. Back me in. Is he gonna preach from right there? He doesn't even speak in this clip. There's there's a second part to this clip. But watch him try to get out of it first. Oh <laughs> what? It does it not have a door? <laughs> What's going on? Is he got to go up and over? That's what I thought at first. I, I thought this guy's going over the rail. 
<laughs> no, this is he, crazy, he dude. goes out the back. God's man. Is in the God's man. <laughs> That's God's man is in the building. All right, here's the second dude. part, and he's sitting on a throne. <laughs> he is on a throne. Daddy McCullough. Thank you. Daddy McCullough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Larry. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this Come ever. On and show that's a, that's show a, that's a jazz band. That you are grateful. Show it. Don't talk about it. Show it. <laughs> that, Daddy who? They call this guy Daddy McCullough? Yeah. This is wild, dude. Yeah, there you go, man. That is wild. That's all I got for you today. We can go we can go home now. <laughs> you looking it up? I'm trying to look it up. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Yeah. You want to be brought in on a Bishop W. McCullough? You want to be brought in on a a chariot, Jay? I think this is him. The United House of Prayer for All People. The Church of the Rock of the Apostolic Faith. The Honorable Bishop C.M. Bailey. Leader Bishop W. McCullough. Sweet Daddy. Sweet Daddy. Bishop C.M. Sweet Daddy. Grace. That's why I'm going to start calling you, Jay. He died on January. Wait. Ah, oh, did he die? I don't uh, I don't know if this is the same guy. Somebody else they call Sweet Daddy. I don't see a picture so I, I can't place it. But now you know I got to go on a on the investigative you gotta, journey. You got to go look. You know I got to try to find <laughs> it. Use my my forensic skills. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to start calling you Sweet Daddy J. <laughs> you just you just wait for free for all Friday. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i've been holding on to that for a week for that's you pretty, that's pretty funny that's pretty good he had a pretty impressive throne he did have a <laughs> he that, did have a big throne that throne mm. you might could pull this up for the folks wait you have your tablet still open i can i can open it yeah oh i want to ask you live uh, on the show yeah whose throne is better sweet daddies or Saddam Hussein's. So look, I want you to pull up Saddam Hussein's throne. You'll probably find it, pictures of it with a bunch of soldiers sitting on it. It's like a thing that you do when you go to Iraq. Uh-huh. You have to get make sure when you're ever you're in Baghdad that you get a picture on on the throne. Find this. Did you find it? Because I think my vote's for Sweet Daddy. His throne looked better, I think. Now I didn't see I didn't see old Saddam's throne. Here's that. I don't know who. Uh, pre-invasion. I don't know what it looked like pre-invasion, but I don't know who this who this soldier is <laughs> sitting here on this throne. There you go. 
That's a that's an all right throne, but it's not as good as Sweet Daddy's. What do you think? No, nah. nah, Sweet Daddy has a better throne. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you what I got? I got a little piece of, I got a little piece of Saddam's palace. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna tell you how I got it. Okay. <laughs> In case somebody's listening and they are say like you that's that's a that's a that's criminal activity. <laughs> now you've you've done all but told us. <laughs> well, as far as yeah, I'm pretty sure it is like as, as sure Jay as you out can be. Th- Jay out there in Baghdad <laughs> with a chisel, outing myself. Yeah, I'll show it to you next time you're at my house. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. I mean, it's cool. It's not like a golden AK or anything like that, if that's what you're wondering. Okay. Yeah. I think that was, people got that cool stuff way early. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, how did we get this back? Uh, I don't know, sweet daddy Jay. <laughs> get back on track with this. You are you are preaching through Hebrews. Let's, <laughs> let's start with that. <laughs> Hebrews, and you're in chapter 10, verse, verses yeah. 32 through 39, uh-huh. and Everyone who thought last week that you became an Arminian <laughs> will be pleased to find out that you don't actually believe people can lose their salvation. Uh-huh. And this part of the text is whoa. It's there to there? help us to help us <laughs> to know that, George. Right. Yeah. So you want to grab your Bible and go there, and uh, we're going to look at two ways that you can be encouraged uh, to persevere to the end. Two ways to be encouraged to persevere to the end. Did I get it? Yeah. All right, good. Do you want to read it and then we'll jump in? Yeah. All right. All right, verses 32 through 39. But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. All right, let's get into it. You started out with a, a motivational speech, like illustration. Everybody likes a good motivational speech in the movies. Um, I noticed that you didn't quote Al Pacino's. Did you? Did you? No, did. you did. Yeah, yeah the I did. inch. Yeah, yeah, you did. It at, life is, the life end. is a game of inches. Life is a game of inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Motivational speeches. Everybody likes them. <clears throat> and this is like you said, like a motivational speech to you mm-hmm. to help you to persevere to the end. Right. It's the crescendo to to this whole argument. Mm-hmm. So it started in, in chapter 4, verse 16, and it has ended mm-hmm. here. Okay. Um, but we, we've been looking at chapter 10, which is the, um, it, it's the bookends, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just been building. It's been building. Um, he's, he's brought all of his arguments about the superiority of Christ's priesthood and sacrifice to this conclusion. Then he has told them what they ought to do. We saw several weeks ago the the three let us. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, then he gives a warning about what happens if you fall away. And then he, he gives, as he does at the end of, of all the warnings that we've seen, he gives an encouragement. Mm-hmm. And so we have this encouragement that finally ends with this this great verse in verse 39 that we're not those who fall away. We're, the, we're, one, we're those who persevere. Mm. Very good. And I... I you know, it's it's easy to just kind of read this in like a a monotone and and not not grasp like the excitement mm-hmm. of this. If you really grasp the warning coming off of that, this passage should fill you with excitement. Yeah, like you you are in danger if you fall away. You're in danger of God's judgment. But right, we're not those who we're fall not away. The, we're not those. Yeah. Um. Okay, so there are two ways that you can be encouraged to persevere to the end that they come out of this, and they're very easy. This outline is super easy. Oh, yeah, I wasn't creative with this at all. (laughs) Yeah, but those are the best. I think those are the best outlines. Yeah. Honestly, easy to remember. So the first one is look to the past. The second way is look to the future. Mm -hmm. You can remember that. Super easy. Yeah. So look to the past. So why do we look to the past? But, he says, recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to elaborate on that, but yep. recall the former days. What, why, do we, why, do, why is he calling the, this initial audience to recall <laughs> the former days? Well, these are Christians that are enduring hardship right now. They're enduring suffering. And as they are suffering and we don't have really details of what that looks like yet that we know they haven't they haven't been martyred yet mm-hmm. um, chapter 12 verse 4 says they haven't endured to the point of of shedding blood right um but they're enduring hardship and persecution and the persecution is causing them to um to to be tempted to leave and what he's saying is recall the former days when you also suffered if this isn't something new, this isn't something that is is completely novel. You have already suffered um, strong persecution already. Remember how you responded. You you didn't leave. So what he's what he is essentially telling them in verses thirty two through thirty four is um, remember how you started. Now finish the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so he reminds them that when they first were enlightened, which is the same word that's used in chapter six, verse four, um, it's conversion. Remember when you were converted, when you first became Christians, how you endured a hard struggle with sufferings and you um, suffered public reproach, you um, were thrown into prison, you suffered with those who were, you uh, joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. What's changed? Mm. Why why aren't you why aren't you doing the same thing that you did years ago? Mm-hmm. Right. So they uh, they have they've suffered, but not yet to the point of death, right? So, but what does what does a public <clears throat> publicly exposed mean? What does that mean? They were taken out and stripped naked and um, tarred and feathered. Well, and what, what's going on? Right. We don't know exactly what the particular circumstances are. Mm. Um, one commentary I read was drawing um, some illustrations from uh, the year 49 
AD, which uh, a Roman historian, Suetonius, he actually writes about um, these disturbances in Rome between the Jews at the instigation of Crestus, mm-hmm. which is probably a, it's, it's probably Christ. And because the disturbances between the Jews were getting so out of hand, he expelled all the Jews from Rome. Hmm. Um, man, we don't know. We don't, I mean, we don't know if that's the, the particular circumstance he's talking about here, though it, it fits. But, I mean, you read the because book. Because they didn't discriminate between. Yeah, they wouldn't have discriminated between the Jew and the, the Christian. Jew and the, the Christian Jew. Like, you're Jewish, you're, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And there's there's other historical um, situations in the Roman Empire. Um, I think it was maybe the year 38. Um, Jews down in somewhere in Africa. I want to say it was Alexandria, but that could be wrong. Um, the Jews also faced some persecution just for being Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually were expelled from the city also. And uh, they experienced all kinds of, it was, I think, World War II. Think of like German, mm. World War II Germany. It's, mm. it's kind of how it, it sounded. Like they were actually killing Jews and robbing them and all kinds of stuff. Mm. Um, so this kind of this kind of thing was happening. And they considered Christianity just to be another form of Judaism, right. uh, the yeah. Romans. Yeah, uh, but, you know... It, we don't have to nail down a particular instance. Read the book of Acts and see how the Christians were treated. Mm-hmm. Um, they were brought to court. Um, they were beaten. They were, um, I mean, there were riots that started because of, of Christianity mm-hmm. spreading to, to these cities. Um, I mean, Paul was stoned, um, arrested. And Christians were thrown in the prison. Um, they they were public Christians, so they were publicly baptized. They publicly professed faith in Christ. They were meeting. Um, they were evangelizing. Their lives were uh, were indicating a change. They weren't like the pagans around them. And as public Christians, they suffered publicly in a whole variety of of ways. Um, and so they were the, the, uh, the legacy standard, it says that they were, um, they were made public spectacles. Um, you can think of, um, Paul talking at the end of second Corinthians, um, about all the, the hardships that he endured as a Christian, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's, it's not just Paul that's experiencing these things. Um, they're, they're all experiencing these things. I mean, he he writes First Thessalonians because the, he's heard that the persecution has been so bad in that city that he's afraid that they've fallen away. Right? Um, wouldn't that be interesting if Hebrews was a letter from Paul to the Thessalonians? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they, I mean they they're experiencing um, a hard struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that word for struggle is um, it's the word where we get uh, our word athlete. Yeah, so it's it's um, it's a word that's used in uh, the uh, competing in the games in the public games. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has um, militaristic um, kind of mm-hmm. 
a bent to it also because he use Paul uses it in Philippians mm-hmm. a couple of times. Um, striving, striving side, side by side. side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the it's the word for mm-hmm. for athlete. Yeah. So they're they're enduring these uh, these public afflictions, and they've done this in the past. So they persevered. So they they persevered. Uh-huh. And um, what he's calling them to do is. Respond the same way now that you did back then. Yeah, back then. Mm-hmm. Remember what it was like when you first became a Christian, and mm-hmm. this happened to you. Now, some time has passed. You're experiencing these again, and you're you're thinking about leaving. Mm. Why? Yeah. Why? Um, and the reason the reason why they could endure. Earlier, as he says at the end of verse 34, you, you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Mm-hmm. So they were willing to, to joyfully have their property plundered. I Man, if we're talking about them being expelled from Rome, well, they're, they're not you know, renting a U-Haul and taking all their, their stuff with them. Like You got to leave with whatever you can carry. Yeah. And what's going to happen when you're left behind? You, you know, somebody's you set, getting you your set stuff. the you set the you know ADT or whatever, and mm. <laughs> yep. No, I mean people just take come your and take your stuff, right? They, they just plunder you. You come back and you it's not yours. You, who knows? Mm-hmm. You may not even have a house. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to joyfully do this because they knew that the the stuff that they have here on Earth is not their eternal stuff. It's not the stuff that they are right. they're going to have forever. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're they're looking to the reward. They're looking towards what um has been promised, what God has promised them in Christ. Right. And so they're willing to lose everything. At least they were. Mm-hmm. So now they're they're not they're not um so willing. They're struggling now to to persevere and it's because they've they've forgotten this. Mm. They've forgotten that they have this better possession, this abiding possession. Mm-hmm. So they need to they need to look back to the past and remember what their their mindset was at the beginning, so that they can be encouraged in the present to to persevere. Yeah, yeah. They, um, I think it's good application for for everyone because everyone can can remember back to when they were. Yeah, first, kind of enlightened and became a Christian, and mm. and how uh, how excited that they were, and how willing they were to talk about their faith with other people, how unashamed they were, um, committed to uh, probably to reading the scriptures themselves, and, and to coming to church, and they wanting to be around church folks, other Christian people. Everyone can can look back and remember that, mm-hmm. and they should. Yeah. Uh, for and it has it has a good effect to yeah. uh to to remember. Mm. And that helps you to in the in the present to be excited again. Yeah. Oh, over time you know, you're up on that mountaintop, mm-hmm. right? Over time you come back down into the valley. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people that you know, profess faith in Christ and were super excited they were here every time the doors were open and they wanted to know more you know they wanted to study the scriptures and they were telling people about jesus and then over time they're not here anymore right right 
um, it's because I forgot. Mm. I forgot. Um, they they um, they based everything on that one time mountaintop experience, and when it's not mountaintop all the time, mm-hmm. um, they fell away. Yeah, and one of the one of the things that he's he's showing them is look when you first started when you were enlightened that that word carries the idea of your 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 eyes were opened right, right? your mind was was open and you you understood and you believed these truths um and after you were enlightened there's evidence of god's grace in your life like you were you were bearing fruit you were being faithful um now he's telling them, look back and see God. God was he was producing fruit in your life. Mm-hmm. So don't don't stop bearing those fruit. Like God has has already given evidence that He's worked in your lives. Mm-hmm. Now now as you look back to that, be be strengthened by that so you can push on um, because you see that God has this is true. Like this 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 actually is true, and um, your life's demonstrated at the very beginning. You started out strong, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of Christians, at, at least you know, in in our parts, um, they trust this one time experience, and then they just fall off, and they just keep thinking, "Well, I had that one time experience. I'm good." Uh-huh. Right. Well, that's that's not what he's trying to get them to do. Right. Um, this is not encouraging lazy Christianity. Well, remember you, you were you're really Christians back here. Yeah. So you know you're good. Yeah. Once saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. Right. The the past experience is supposed to encourage them to keep going. Right. Not to trust in the not to trust in the past. Mm-hmm. Um. In itself, but to use the past as a means so that you'll persevere in the present and into the future. Mm. Yeah. Um so that's what we need. We need to remember those those times. We we have not experienced this, right? right. <laughs> like when we first became Christians, this is not our experience. Right. right? So we have to kind of cross that yeah. that gap. Um we well, haven't been we haven't been thrown in the prison and and you know. It may it, it may have been some though that are listening like maybe their parents. Yeah. Cut off their relationship mm-hmm. with them, or something like that, or yeah. their friends. Yeah. Their friends cut their uh-huh. relationship, and they persevered through that and remained faithful. And maybe now they're, you know, everything's piling up, yeah. and they're considering walking away and mm-hmm. leaving, right? You know, and so it, it, it still is applicable even for Western, yeah, so Western you, Christians. You look, yeah. you look back to those those early days when you first trusted in Christ, and you were willing to lose everything. Mm-hmm. You're willing to lose those relationships. You're willing to endure the, the jokes and the you know the whispers behind your back and yeah re- the uh, reproach you know, what, yeah what whatever you you experience mm-hmm. as um, you know a, a product of being a Christian. Um, but you were willing. You were willing to to endure all of that because mm-hmm. you knew that this is true. You you knew that the the Bible had told the truth. Jesus is exactly who the scriptures say he is. Jesus is a real savior. He actually mm-hmm. he actually did save you and clean you know cleanse you from your sins. Mm-hmm. You were willing so you were willing to endure everything. You were willing to go and and tell everybody around you about Jesus. Um but time passes 
and that mountaintop experience kind of disappears. And we need to be reminded of how we started so that we'll, we'll end strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you are willing to endure suffering for the sake of Christ at the beginning of the race. Keep, keep looking to Christ and keep enduring. Because it's not how you it's not how you start the race, it's how you finish it. You can yeah. st- you can start strong and then you know sit down and quit the race. Mm-hmm. That that's not a winner. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to you have to cross the finish line. Right. Um, it's uh, you know if you've read the Pilgrim's Progress, you you can't start out on the road and then leave you have to make it to the celestial city Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right so mm -hmm. you have to persevere and one of the ways in which we can be encouraged to do that is by looking to the past yeah that's good yeah it's good so yeah we can't identify many of us with that but we can Mm -hmm. identify with the fact that maybe our passions aren't as as they used to be right and that can encourage us to uh, to look to Christ again in the same way. I think also, you know, they weren't all they weren't all suffering in the same way mm-hmm. in the, in the past, right? Not all of them had been thrown in the prison, but they were willing to um, partner. It's the word for fellowship, mm-hmm. right? They were willing to fellowship with those who were in prison. That comes with its own set of risk, right? I mean, your friends being thrown into essentially a dungeon, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, they're not getting three meals a day. Mm. Your your friends have to come and provide for you. Well, who's coming to provide for this these Christians that are in this prison? I'll bet they're Christians too. Like right. now you're <laughs> now there's there's your own set of risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they were willing to partner with those who were suffering. They were willing to um, sympathize. Is the word they were able? To, they were willing to sympathize with those who were suffering. Um, so it's, it's not just, um, I endured the public exposure, the public reproach, but I was willing to partner with those who were facing it. Right. Um, so we need to look to the past. Remember, um, remember what, what we first believed and then keep going. Yeah. 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 So look to the past and the second is to look to the future. Well, wait, wait, before that, I thought I had a thought, and I thought you mentioned it in your sermon about the visiting those in prison. Yeah. This is a sidebar kind of, uh-huh. but I can't resist now. Okay. Just can't resist. Sure. Matthew 25, did you, did you uh-huh. mention it? Uh-huh. Visiting those in prison? Yeah. Um, I've heard this this passage abused so much. Have you? Talking about the, the, final, the final judgment? Uh, uh, at the end yeah. of time, God's going to judge you. Uh-huh. This is what I see people put online. At the end of time, God is going to judge you based how you treated um, the um, the oppressed of society. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the argument. You aren't you aren't saved by theology. They'll say you're not saved by theology mm. or right belief. Right. That's not what you're judged according to. According yeah. that's what Jesus says. He judges you according to how you treat the oppressed of society. Mm-hmm. They always forget one key part of this. Right, don't they? Mm. They forget the last part, um, verse 
beginning in verse 45, then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do to one of these, the least of these you did not do to me. Um, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And contextually, the least of these are his brothers. Right. The least of these, my brothers. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is about how do you treat other Christians that are oppressed? Right. It's not about how do you treat the oppressed in general. I mean, of course, of course, that as we have opportunity, we should, you know, have compassion on those who are oppressed in society. Right. You know? mm-hmm. um, but in the context, those who are in prison are not, they're not criminals. Right. They're Christians mm-hmm. who are in prison for being Christians. Right. We get this in Hebrews chapter 13. Uh-huh. He, this is not, uh, chapter 10 is not the last time he talks about those in prison. Um, he says in chapter 13, verse 3, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. Are uh-huh. we supposed to do that for, you know, I need to treat the guy on death row as right. if I was in de- on death row. Right. right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just criminals in general because he goes on and he says, and those who are mistreated since you are also, uh, since you also are in the body. Right. So he's talking about Christians mm-hmm. who are thrown in the prison for being Christians. Right. Um, yeah. A good example would be um, the Philippians mm-hmm. sending gifts to Paul while he's right. in prison. And to they, be, a, they're treating they're treating him as if they're the ones that are in prison well, with him. And right? it's risky because then you're associated yeah. with the person that's in prison as uh-huh. if you're in cahoots with that person. Right, it can be dangerous mm-hmm. for yeah. you. Yeah. So Jesus's warnings here in the final judgment, where you know, every people know this. If you if you're not familiar, it's the passage where he talks about when the Son of Man returns, he'll separate the sheep from the goats. And on what basis he'll say, hey, this, is, this is the basis. Then the king will say to those on the right, come to me, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So the world, and I think, uh, well, I consider preachers that would distort this to be in cahoots with the devil. And I don't say that lightly, because what they do is they distort Christ's teaching, and they make it into a salvation by works. Mm-hmm. And they usually use it to attack evangelicals yeah. who have done more for the poor that aren't Christians than anyone we're, in we're, America, we're not by the way. We're not supporting the governmental... Well, usually it's, you know. usually it's twisted nowadays to, to where you would, if you're not, well... LGBTQ are oppressed. Mm. So if you're not support, if you don't support the oppressed, yeah. see they'll they'll miss they'll misapply all kinds of things. But what they what they're doing is making it a salvation by works. Right. You if you are engaged in these things, you're helping the oppressed. And who who's more aligned with that today? Well, it's those on the left. Yeah. But that's not even the thing. The thing is, how will you be judged? Is how did you treat Christians? Mm. Yeah. That's it. You can't you can't distort it. Like as you said, of course. 
we should take care of people that have needs, and Christians yeah. have for 2,000 years. Right. But how do you treat Christians? Right. Because in this time, you know, they very well may stumble naked into your city, mm-hmm. as Paul did apparently a couple times. Yeah. Because they was beaten and robbed, and his clothes were take, for, were taken away, right. or maybe he just got stoned to death. Like they thought they stoned him to death, and he <laughs> right. like somehow survived. Mm-hmm. You ever think Paul's like the one guy that you're not knocking out? <laughs> right, <laughs> like he survives being stoned. Yeah, like don't pick a fight with this guy. Mm-hmm. But I, it just gets under my nerves. I should have saved this for free for all Friday. But <laughs> when you mentioned and you brought about going visiting people in prison, yeah, I I just. It just clicked in me, and I was like, "I just, I gotta, t- I gotta talk to you about it." Yeah, because I'm just tired of seeing it. Yeah, I mean, again, this isn't an excuse for Christians to hear that and be like, "Well, we don't need to do, you know, prison ministry anymore," because that's not what it's talking about. Like, no, I mean, we can minister to to people in prison. We can, I mean, hopefully, we're ministering to people who are sick and the poor, and 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 helping them as we can, but. As Christians have done for right. thousands of years, right. and have done more in America than anyone else. Yeah. I'll repeat that. Yeah, But the point is, that he's talking about Christians who are suffering right. this way. And it's not, again, it's not salvation by works, because look at what, look at the point of the passage here in Hebrews chapter 10. Remember, after you were enlightened, so you've, you're already a Christian, mm-hmm. God has already graciously saved you, mm-hmm. now you're enduring persecution as a Christian, and you've got brothers and sisters who are enduring the same thing and in solidarity um, out of compassion for your yeah. brothers and sisters yeah. um, who are also Christians, you, you are demonstrating the fruits of righteousness. You're not, you're not earning salvation by doing this. You've already been saved and so you naturally are showing this to other believers because as he, he'll say in, in, Chapter thirteen, because we're we are also in the body; mm-hmm. they're they're part of us. So we we have compassion on them. We don't forget them just because they've been thrown in this dungeon. We we try to take care of them, even if it brands us as well. Maybe this guy should be in in there with him. Mm-hmm. We 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 love them um, because we are together, looking forward to this better and abiding reward, mm-hmm. this possession. Right? Yeah. Then verse 35, your second point, look to the future. So we look to the past, now we look to the future. Therefore, now we apply this, don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. This is like, um, reminded, reminded me of First uh, Peter, mm-hmm. where he talks about that at the very beginning. He's talking about the great passage, even, it's very Trinitarian, but he's talking about this incredible inheritance that we have. Um, and we often forget that. We can forget that. Uh, and this really, almost in many ways, will tie into my sermon that's coming on in the wicked and injustice and mm. oppression among leaders. We can forget that. Yeah, we forget that. No matter what happens in this life, our best life is yet to come. A great reward is coming for those who will persevere to the end. Mm-hmm. And so, keeping our eyes fixed forward to know that uh, anything that I experience in this world, no matter how bad it is, will be worth it right. to persevere and to receive that reward that we have in Christ mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, that, um, that word um, reward at the end of verse 35, the great reward, mm-hmm. um, it's a word that's only used in the book of Hebrews, and it's a combination word 
of two other words. Um, it's a combination of um, like treasure mm-hmm. and um, recompense, like a repayment. Right. Um, it's used in uh, chapter two, verse two, and it's translated there as retribution. Mm. Um, but here and in uh, chapter 11, it's translated as reward. Um, and in chapter 11, he's talking about Moses, who um, he chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Mm. So he's he's willing to suffer along with the Israelites and... Um, Uh, leave Pharaoh's house, <laughs> not not be counted as as um, you know an Egyptian to be counted as an Israelite because he's looking for this repayment, this recompense that God is going to give to those who don't fall away. Mm-hmm. So in in chapter ten, um, verse thirty, uh, verse thirty, vengeance is mine; I will repay. So those who fall away will experience. A recompense, which he uses uh, one of those words out of the out of the combination word. He uses one of those for repayment. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll repay those who fall away with judgment, but for those who persevere, they will inherit a great reward. They'll inherit a great recompense. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's uh, the it it certainly is um, a reminder of of First Peter who is also writing to Christians who are being persecuted, um, that they're going to have this inheritance. It's waiting for them. But the, um, the, the problem kind of arises when you, when you read First Peter, when you read that, that first chapter, that he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And I, I think that are, there's kind of the, that's kind of the, the problem, mm. is that, we don't see it yet. So the, the, these believers in Hebrews, they are seeing with their eyes and hearing with their ears and experiencing with their, their bodies the suffering. Mm. But they don't, they don't see yet the reward. And so they are being tempted. They're, they are, um, they're being swayed to leave I mean, you think about going back to the temple. You go to a building that you can see. Um, there's animal sacrifices that you can see. Priests are performing functions that you can see. Mm. There's the incense that you can smell. You can hear. Um, it's. I mean, you go into the temple and it's a. I mean, it's a full body experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all your senses are engaged in this, and then you come to to the church, and what do we have? We don't have all of that, right? Yeah. God has given us two ordinances that are are visible. We have baptism, we have the Lord's Supper. Mhm. Um but we we don't have the reward yet. Did you hear my knee pop? I did hear that pop. I wonder if that's on the, the podcast. <laughs> did you hear that, Larry? Good night. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, so they don't they they they're being told that you have a reward, but they don't see it yet. Yeah, and so there's there's this um, there's this problem 
that um, has to be addressed, and I think that's what he addresses in the rest of the chapter. Yeah, yeah. I thought of, I thought of uh, what Jesus, where he has the interaction with the rich young ruler, mm-hmm. who's not willing to count the cost to follow him, and that's that's kind of the teaching that's there. He thinks he's done everything required to to be right to be righteous, and Jesus says, "You still lack this one thing. Sell all that you have, yeah. give it to the poor, and then come follow me." Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's hitting at what he loves most more than anything. He doesn't love God really. He loves his security and his wealth. And Jesus is calling him, as he calls all of us, to to count the cost, to take up our cross, and to follow him. And then he tells the disciples that you know this it's 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 nearly impossible. We'll say impossible for a rich man to be saved. Yeah. And they're like, who can be saved then? And he says, well, with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. So you know, of course, even the rich can be saved by mm-hmm. God's grace. But Peter says, we've given up everything to follow you. Yeah. you remember that? Uh-huh. Of course Peter did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> of course. That's just how he rolls. Uh-huh. So Peter's like, look at us. I mean, look what we did. We gave up everything to follow you. Jesus, but Jesus says to him then, truly I say to you, in the new world. And that's I love mm. I just love to use that terminology, the new world. Is that the is that the word regeneration? I think it's the same word. In the in the regeneration. Yeah. Yeah. In the new world. Um, now there it is. In the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But mm. many who are the first will be last. Yeah. So he's saying, yeah, I mean, people. This is a real thing. When you count the cost to follow Christ, it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And some people, it costs a lot more than other people. Some right. people, some, it literally costs some people their families. It costs them everything. Um, and Jesus says, "You're going to be re- rewarded a hundredfold of what you've lost." Right. So pers- persevere. Yeah. Keep persevering. It's going to be worth it. Eternal right. life is coming. Yeah, but you hear this, and and your your friends are getting thrown into you know a dungeon, and your property is being uh-huh. Looted and and um, yeah, I, I I was just thinking. This I think is is a big criticism of the evangelical church, is that we've somehow bought into the notion that we just need to be happy all the time, uh-huh. and that we need to have you know this grin on our face every time we we walk into the building. And I'm just thinking about these these Christians and what he's telling them to do. He's not he's not telling them this is going to be easy. the the first the first the first verse we looked at is that they they endure a hard struggle with sufferings. Um, and I, I think that we as Christians need to um, be okay with suffering. Like we 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 don't need to set up a church where people feel like, well, if I come in and I'm got tears in my eyes, people are going to look at me like I'm weird. Like it's okay, mm. it's okay to come in and have been suffering. I mean, you don't have to put on some kind of mask mm-hmm. as if uh, you know, like Joel Osteen with his big goofy grin. 
You're just going to experience God's favor all I mean, the time. Here, but, you know, we, we, don't, here, we don't. We don't. We don't experience just happiness all the time. There, there are times when it's pain, and it may be painful mm-hmm. to actually come into the church and meet with other believers, and that's why we, we need to, you know, Support. come around each other and support each other. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, we, we can think about verses like this and say, well, you know, I don't know that I'm ever going to have to apply apply this like this, because mm-hmm. I don't foresee, and, and, it, and it may change, and we, we may begin to suffer a great deal um, in America, yeah. like they did in the early church, but even if it doesn't, everybody's got a time of suffering coming, you know, I, right. I thought about, Bob came in uh, right before the sermon started, Yeah, and if he's in a wheelchair, you know, and Jackie wheeled him in, and I just I told Drake I poked him. I said, "Look here, look at him. Mm. This is what faithfulness looks like. Yeah, it looks like you're older, you're suffering, mm. you've got cancer, your chemo is tearing your body up. You've lost your hair, but you felt good enough to where someone could wheel you to church, and you came to church. Right. That that's." That's what faithfulness looks like. It doesn't look like, oh, I got sick, and now I got mad at God, and I ask him, why me? Why did everything happen to me? Like, I've been a good Christian my whole life, and now I'm just going to leave you. Mm. Though you've been good to me my entire life. Yeah. Now that I'm at the end of my life, and I'm getting sick, and I'm getting cancer, and death is around the corner, I'm going to get mad at you and leave you. That's not faithfulness. But yeah. So I, I, I said, you got to look at look here. You have this idea of what a faithful Christian is. Look at it. It looks like a guy that sits in a wheelchair that has cancer, right. that still loves the Lord. Yep. We're all going to be tested like that. Don't pretend it's not going to happen to you. Time is going to catch up. Mm. You're going to get sick. You're going to get cancer. Something's going to get you. So you will have an opportunity to put this into practice. Right. Maybe just not exactly like they were. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But verse 36, um, it brings us back to Christ Mm -hmm. because he says, you have need of endurance. I like the King James. You have need of patience. It's, it's It's all wrapped up in that one Greek word. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And that brings us back over to the beginning of the chapter because we have this passage um, that's, that, where it's quoting Psalm 40. When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. So what did Christ come into the world to do? Not to offer animal sacrifices, but to do the will of God. Well, that, that ties this over here to verse 36. When you've done the will of God, you'll, you'll get the reward also. Well, what was the will of God for, for Christ? It was to suffer. It was to endure. It was to endure hardship um, with sufferings, right? How did he do it? Well, we turn over to chapter 12, and it says that he... Um, for the joy that was set before him mm-hmm. endured the cross, despising the shame. Yeah, um, we've got a lot of words that are are tying this all together. In, uh-huh. Endurance, joy, both of those are here in this passage. 
um, they, they have joyfully accepted the plundering of their property, but now they're not so joyful mm. anymore. They need to be reminded of how Christ came to do the will of God, and he did it with joy. Why did he do it with joy? Because a cross is an easy way to go? No, it's because he was looking through the cross into the future. Mm. He was mm. looking to what the reward was. Okay. Uh, what are we supposed to do? Uh-huh. Well, we, we follow a crucified Savior. So why do we think that our life is just going to be nothing but sunshine and roses? We're 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 supposed to do the will of God also, and that's going to that's going to include suffering. Mm. We need to do it with joy, not because we have a big goofy grin on our face and everything's just fine all the time, and I just always feel good and it's just great to be here. It's because we're looking through the suffering and we're looking to the future. Right. We're looking to the reward. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we follow Christ. There's two kinds of recompense coming, mm-hmm. and that leads into the next part of what he, he mentions. Yeah. There, we'll receive this great reward, this great recompense. But there's another recompense coming in the future, and that's, that's when, when Christ returns and gives renders to each one according to what he's due. Mm. And to the wicked... Uh, they will, uh, they're going to face face him in his in his fiery wrath and judgment. Yeah. But they'll receive what they deserve. Mm. Um, staying in Matthew, he says he says this again about after he tells them again, take up their cross and follow him. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but he forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Mm. Um, so there's a, there is a recompense coming. And you, you mentioned how this is a quote, uh, or I don't know if it's a direct quote, but it's su- summari- sum- summarizing some text from the book of Habakkuk. It's very close. I, I quoted it when I preached in Habakkuk. Uh-huh. I mentioned how it was here. Yeah, um, I had to go back and make sure you, you preached two, you preached two sermons on this passage. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. When you brought I had, that up. I had yeah. to go back and look. I was like, ah, he two sermons, two sermons on this uh, passage. Joshua live by faith. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but it's a, it's a combination uh, of two passages. The Habakkuk, the first line yeah. is not from Habakkuk. It's from Isaiah twenty six, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know that I. You know, I just always took it as all of Habakkuk, but you go look, it's mm-hmm. not there. Um, it's it's in Isaiah 26. Both of them are from the Septuagint, so he's quoting from the yeah. Septuagint. So it's when you go back and read it in Habakkuk, it's going to read a little bit differently. Right. Um, the idea, though, of waiting it's, uh, is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the idea of both of these is be patient and wait for God's recompense mm-hmm. for him to come, and he's going to judge the wicked, and he's going to save his people. But both of those passages have the same the yeah. same idea. So how do you yeah? So how do you survive the Babylonian invasion? You've been taken away into captivity. Mm-hmm. The righteous will live by faith. Right. They'll they'll persevere in faith, looking forward to the promises of God, which include judgment upon the wicked. Right. That's what's pulled out of Habakkuk, and it, and it applies here too. Yeah, he's you're, you're he's, under he's bringing. So he's he's reading this. I think typologically, uh-huh. I think he's he's expanding it. So Habakkuk's primary concern is the Babylonians, mm-hmm. um, but now it's being expanded to the the end of the world. Yeah, right? and those who would oppress Christians, right? Which are putting the pressure to them to leave. Yeah. So in in Habakkuk in in uh, in in the Hebrew, um, it, it says that. 
it will come. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about he's talking about um, you know write it on a tablet, write it so that the one who runs can read it. Yeah. Um, if it if it if it delays, if it tarries, wait for it. It will surely come. Uh huh. Um, so it's it's um, well it's it's it right um, here. He's making it personal. Mm-hmm. The coming one will come, mm-hmm. and he will not delay. So he's expanding it to Christ. Yeah, like who's who's he talking about? Who's the coming one? Well, he's he's already introduced the idea of of the second coming. Yeah, at the end of chapter nine, um, uh, over here in, in verse twenty five, um, he he's been talking about the second coming. What are these Christians supposed to be waiting for? They're supposed to be waiting for the coming one. He will come. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, yet a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. Mm. So there's two, there's two responses, right? The righteous one will live by faith, uh, but the one who shrinks back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Yeah. Um, shrinking back is this idea of, of knowing the right thing to do, but because you're afraid doing the opposite. Yeah. It's, uh, this word, um, that's translated as shrinking back. It's used in uh, Galatians chapter two. If you remember, Peter is eating with the Gentiles, and then some Judaizers come from Jerusalem, and he draws back. Mm. He doesn't eat with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's afraid. Right? He's afraid of the, the Judaizers. He right? can't be eating with those Gentiles, Peter. What are you doing? So out of, he knows what the right thing to do is, but because he's afraid, he he doesn't do the right thing. Mm. Um, the the opposite is um, is Paul. In Acts chapter 20, he tells the uh, Ephesian elders that I, I did not shrink back from uh, declaring the whole counsel of God. Like he, he wasn't afraid to preach all of the gospel to them. Mm. Um, but the one who shrinks back or falls away, he knows the right thing to do, but he, he's too afraid of persecution, so he, he leaves the church. God will have no pleasure in him. The righteous one lives by faith. And I, you know, that's, I don't know, man, that's Paul's, that's Paul's go-to verse. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Did Paul write this? I don't know. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of little clues uh-huh. in there. Uh, but I, I, you know, Paul uses this in Romans and um, Galatians. Mm-hmm. Does he use it somewhere else? I don't think so. Don't but he's talking about justification, mm-hmm. right? Um, this one-time event. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the way that the author of Hebrews is using it. I think he's using it more like James would use it if if James was quoted. Right. Right. Um, it's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of faith saves? Persevering. It's the persevering it's, faith. It's the faith that has works. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, James chapter two. Um, so, the the one, the righteous one continues to live by faith he continues to endure he continues to press on the one who shrinks back is the one that knows this is the right thing to do christ is the savior um but it's just too hard so i'm going to leave and um so there's there's two decisions Mm -hmm. right well which one which one are these people going to to choose well verse 39 is this encouragement right at the end of this this warning um, what what are they going to do? Well, verse thirty nine tells us what the author he believes. Thinks, yeah, right. Um, so he says we are we again. He's including himself. We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I just, I love that verse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's this, this crescendo to the entire argument. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this, this, it, it very, very nicely balances out the warning passage. Yeah, like you said, we've got this warning passage that can make it sound like you can lose your salvation, right? But uh, the warning passage has a purpose. It's so that they won't fall away. And uh, the author of Hebrews, he believes that it will it will do its job. Like right. Those those who are actually believers, they will not fall away. They will persevere to the end. Yeah, that's good. And I, I just I just think that verse thirty nine is a verse that everyone should memorize. It's a good verse. And remember, don't fall away. Mm-hmm. And the hope that we have is uh, that we won't fall away because God is keeping us. Yeah. That's very good. And then next next time uh, we we uh, well we'll have a little Ecclesiastes break. But mm-hmm. next time we come back, you're gonna give us the big by faith chapter. Yeah, this and is it, this is. Kind of I that. mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of transitional places. I mean, we could just keep going because mm-hmm. he's he's introduced the idea of the righteous living by faith. We're not those who shrink away. We're those who have faith and preserve our souls. And we. We are in the stream of yeah. of the righteous who have lived by faith from the beginning of the world. Um, he gives them all these examples. He's gonna he's gonna walk through yeah. he's gonna walk through the Old Testament and um, bring them all the way up to Christ and say, "Look, here's here is how the righteous have always lived. They've uh-huh. always lived by faith, and you're part of it." Yeah, that's right. Good. Well, I just realized I had your volume turned up for your tablet, and it might be some crackling. Okay. But it is what it is. Well, I've got it close, so maybe it, maybe, maybe it didn't do bad. it. Hopefully not. No. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks for uh, thanks for preaching. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for watching, or just for listening. Hopefully, this has been beneficial to you, and you've learned more about Hebrews. I know that I'm enjoying this series, and I'm looking forward to next time when you're back. Come back for next Text Driven Tuesday. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8. We'll be there for a little bit. Looking forward to getting back into that. Please give us a like, subscribe, and share. Um, It is our hope and desire that this helps you to be more conformed to Christ. We'll see you next time.